Hey y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to Take a Seat. I am back and I am very much rejuvenated. I took a break away because I just needed some time to just reflect on my 2020 and also 2021, uh, the month of January. I just really was able to get in, you know, the frame of mind that I need to for the rest of the year. And um, for those of you who are oftentimes on go mode all the time, it's okay to take a break. And that's what I'm learning. And that's why I decided to take a break in January and then come back with a bang. And now I have Kelsey with me. (laughs) Today's episode uh, will be with my great friend, Kelsey, who I'm so happy for. And I am so inspired by in so many ways to say the least, but one specifically is just (laughs) the way you manage your health. That's always, I mean, I know you're like, wow, the way I manage my health, (laughs) but I'm serious. Like, it's always been something that I've admired and you've inspired me in that aspect. Mm. Um, And today we'll be having a conversation about your vegan journey. Right. And why healthy eating is so important. Right, right. Um, But I do want to state a disclaimer to everyone who's listening to know that we are simply here to educate listeners mm-hmm. on what it's like being vegan. We're not saying, we're not trying to shame not trying anyone. To, this is not conversion therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we are not trying to shame anyone on the way you choose to mm-hmm. have an eating lifestyle. Whatever you choose to embrace as your own lifestyle when it comes to health, by all means, Mm-hmm. that's fine yeah <laughs> it's definitely a personal decision I just wanted to say thank you Hope yeah. I really appreciate that and everything you said you know it means a lot to know that you someone who I just hold so dear to my heart that Aww. you you see me in that good light I really appreciate that <laughs> I want to get into the first question what exactly is vegan okay so there might be multiple interpretations of what veganism really is But in general, it's just this lifestyle and mindset of compassion. It's not so much for for most people, you know, the food aspect, but I look at it more from a macro scale. Mm -hmm. So veganism um, is typically associated with the lifestyle of someone who doesn't eat animal products. So that would include meat, seafood, dairy, and eggs. And, you know, that's the main scope of it, but... Also, if you draw it back a little bit and connect it to compassion, you know, of course, animals have to die when you Mm -hmm. when you eat meat. And then all of these researchers are coming out with new studies every year Mm -hmm. that um, that inform us of the impacts that the meat and dairy industry have Mm -hmm. on climate. And it's kind of one of the main forces that's driving climate change. A lot of people think is fuel or deforestation and all of those things of course play a factor in the climate change but also the meat and dairy industry so it's just this whole mindset of being kind to the earth and the animals and you know everyone around you know okay so how long have you been vegan and what inspired you to go vegan I've been vegan since December of 2018 and my inspiration story like my motivation for veganism is not so much the um the ethics, the ethical side of it, which is the the way that they handle and treat the animals. And that's a whole nother tangent. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. all are interested to see um, documentaries about it, there's this documentary called Forks Over Knives. There's mm-hmm. another one called Cowspiracy. And another one called What the Health. 
And all of these documentaries delve into causes and reasons why, you know, people are starting to notice that these industries are harmful to us and the planet. But my motivation for going veganism stems from my grandmother. So she developed breast cancer. I think she was at the age of 71 in 2017 when she developed it. But that later developed, that later metastasized into cancer in her bones and cancer in her liver. And so right after that, she went very fast. And she was already having kidney failure and high blood pressure. You know how I know just about any black person who has Mm -hmm. a story, somebody they know who has Mm -hmm. some kind of like health disparity Mm -hmm. that's killing millions a year, like killing more than anything else on this planet. It um, all has to do with health. So... At that time, my mother and I started to notice a trend. So my mother was in her mid-30s. She had developed a breast tumor, but it was benign. So she had to get it removed. And then at the time that my grandmother noticed hers, I was like, wait, I remember being 17 and I developed a benign tumor and I had to get it removed. So just looking at the trend from my grandmother developing something in her 70s to my mom in her 30s and me as a teenager, it was kind of alarming. So we began to do a lot of research. And I mean, before all of this even took place, I remember in high school, people used to always talk about me because I ate different and I ate a little. <laughs> What'd I you ate eat? Weird. But I, I promise y'all, it really was not that much. What'd I, you eat? I was more so pescatarian growing up. So my grandmother and my mom and I, we always ate like seafoods and chicken. We didn't ever really eat beef or pork. But mm-hmm. I guess back then that was looked at as just... So, so healthy, right, like, <laughs> but what? now looking back at it, I was like, I was really eating crap all day, every day. Like, mm. I wasn't eating, I wasn't nourishing myself. I was just more so snacking and whatever. So as my mother and I began to do research on things that we can do in our power that would help prevent, you know, this trend, this generational trend happening to us, we stumbled upon um, food and your diet. So we were like. Well, what exactly would diet have to do with developing mm-hmm. all these terminal illnesses? Because we're never taught in school, and even most doctors, nurses, people aren't taught in school the importance of nutrition and health. So once we began to do more research about that, we start to learn um, how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So the most helpful thing for us was YouTube, of course, because mm-hmm. there's so many videos and people out there who who actually, for a living, make recipes and, you know, they share their lifestyle. So just watching other people do it made it seem 10 times more relatable. And then we started incorporating, like, one meal a night. Or we would just, you know, see how far we could go. And then after my grandmother's passing in December, we were like, we're going to do this in her honor Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything in our power to remain healthy because, I don't want to see that happen to anyone else in my family. Right. So my motivation for it is more personal. Yeah. And it's more so for my health and well-being mm-hmm. because, and I, I forgot to mention, but um, literally right after I had that surgery when I was 18, I developed another tumor, which I it's still there now, but it's, it's fine. I'm fine. It's benign. But I just, it, it's just kind of, kind of scary right. that. Yeah that trend of somebody from their 70s to the next person from their 30s and the mm-hmm. next person yeah so that's that's my story <laughs> wow i mean that's inspiring but it's also like you said it's one of those sad cases of mm-hmm. sorry that had to be yeah it had to be that way 
And a lot of times people, or I don't want to just blame the doctors, but a lot of times in society we write off quote-unquote genetic predispositions to things instead of actually digging into why you might be genetically predisposed to develop something. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if my grandmother had high blood pressure based off her lifestyle, her lifestyle includes what she eats in Mm -hmm. her daily practices. So she's likely to pass down the same tradition of lifestyle habits to her child. Mm -hmm. And then they're more likely to pass that. So it's just this um, snowball effect almost. An ongoing cycle. Yeah. So all, all that genetic predisposition tells you is that if you continue to live the same lifestyle as the people before you, you're going to develop the same diseases that they have because mm-hmm. it's in your genetics. You're genetically sensitive to certain things. And the more that we research and learn more about how diet actually affects our health, I think people will start to understand it a little bit better. Yeah. So was the transition hard for you? The transition was not hard because it's it's a mental thing for me. Like mm. I, I had to break down why I felt so strongly about certain foods. Like why do I feel attached to this food? What is the purpose of food? The purpose of food is to nourish your body, nourish your cells, so that you know you can live life. So to me, if I want to properly nourish my body and properly feed myself, I'm going to give it good things, and. Uh, Food is looked at as such a cultural and pleasurable thing Mm -hmm. that we don't even give ourselves time to look into it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that that requires a lot of intentionality, but two, that requires commitment, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's tough to be young, a teenager. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm happy that, you know, you had that dedication, that commitment. But if it was me, it was such, it was also a big social adjustment Mm -hmm. because especially living here in Mississippi, there's Mm -hmm. relatively, I can count on one or two hands how many options I actually have that I go Mm -hmm. to. I just, you know, usually cook everything. So I had to adjust to every time I go out to eat somewhere with friends or family, I know I'm not going to have anything to eat but fries, Fries, (laughs) maybe salad. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest (laughs) salad person. Yeah, so like that happened and then, you know, there's always people who question. I, I I love questions. I invite questions, but, you know, condescending questions mm-hmm. or people may place doubt on you. But in this journey or like any journey in life, you have to remember your why. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know your why, then you're never going to stick to anything. Mm-hmm. So if your motivation for wanting a healthier lifestyle is so that, I mean, if, if it's not, if it's not really serving you on mm-hmm. the inside, mm-hmm. it's never going to translate. You're mm-hmm. not going to stick to it. So what changes have you noticed in yourself adapting to vegan foods? And also, um, has there been any changes in your health or mental mm-hmm. being? Mm-hmm. So changes that I've noticed, I've noticed that I have like a lot more energy throughout the day. I wake up refreshed like, and I never feel heavy after a meal. You know how... Trust me, y'all, I have my share. People are always like, do you miss this? Do you miss it? I'm like, y'all, I ate what I wanted for 20 years. Oh, <laughs> I, wow. I, I, I remember what it, it tastes like. Mm. But I never feel heavy after a meal. I always feel light and refreshed. Mm-hmm. And it's always comforting knowing that I'm doing the best that I can for me. Um, 
another big thing I've seen. So since I was born, I've been diagnosed with allergies, asthma, eczema, and a lot of people in our community have these issues when they're young. And I think as you begin to do your research, you'll start to see why I won't really mm-hmm. say too much about. I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to shame anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, since then, I haven't really needed my inhaler, breathing machines, my eczema. I think that's more of a um, something else could be the cause of that. But mm-hmm. like. I have. I used to get sick like twice a year, every year. I used to get all kind of things. Like I just feel like my immune system's better. I have more mental clarity. Like I feel like sometimes it's a refreshing feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't really feel groggy or mm. my mind is more clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some really great characteristics that you've explained because. I'm, I eat whatever mm-hmm. you know I have been very intentional about what yeah. I eat mm-hmm. I don't eat pork at, and I eat chicken I mean I, I've really been intentional about eating more greens mm-hmm. yeah vegetables things that'll give me you know high high in fiber protein all of that so I've been very intentional about that I mm-hmm. haven't let go of meat altogether yeah and like <laughs> and you're that's saying perfectly that, that's perfectly yeah. fine that's that's absolutely fine but I do uh, want to talk about um the impact of those unhealthy eating habits that black people well that we see a lot of mm-hmm. times in black communities yeah that we and, hear it, yeah. yeah and you know I specifically want to rewind to slavery and uh, take a snapshot of what they ate. So it was known as slave food, but they had cornmeal, pork, chitlins, as we say, <laughs> as, as, as we Southerners say, neck bones, potatoes, anything they were allowed to eat or mm. anything they could eat, right. that's what they Literally ate. The right. leftovers. The scraps, mm-hmm. exactly. So how do you think, what our ancestors ate during that period mm-hmm. impacted the way we eat today. Right. And you touched a little bit on it, mm-hmm. but just explain that, that impact. Okay. So first of all, shout out to the ancestors for mm-hmm. making it this far, but I just wanted to preference by saying those people spun gold out of silk when mm-hmm. it came to that. Cause I, I can't even begin to imagine the way we look at, food back then the way we look at it now is so deeply immersed in our culture Mm -hmm. like it's a part of us it has become now what we call soul food and soul food just just when you hear the word soul food it makes Mm -hmm. you feel good and comfortable like it's it's good for the soul and Mm -hmm. all those things are true those foods are bomb amazing I would never say Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't taste good but we really have to take a step back and look at how it's affecting us now our ancestors didn't have a choice but to eat that. Think about, imagine what our ancestors ate back in Africa. They didn't eat the same scrap foods that the slave master would discard for mm-hmm. us to eat. They didn't eat, they actually didn't eat any of the same foods from when they were in Africa. So you're basically introducing a very unhealthy malnourished diet to a subset of people and they pass that on from generation to generation to generation because that's all they know Mm. if we take a look at any given set of health statistics it is blatantly obvious that african americans make up the minority of the united states population but the majority of that health disparity Mm -hmm. and so 
it's it's not even opinion anymore. It's basically fact that mm-hmm. this is directly associated to how we feed ourselves, how we feed our children. One of the other main issues um, that comes with this is that we look at the healthcare system and the pharmaceutical companies to just put a Band-Aid over a deeper wound that we mm-hmm. have that has just never healed over from slavery. And I, I hate to claim that, you know, we have a slave mentality, but it's as we evolve as people, we should evolve in other aspects as well. So I feel like there's no excuse now for everybody to at least not have an idea of what healthy eating looks like or sounds like not saying that you have to adopt it because that's your business mm-hmm. that's your choice mm-hmm. yeah but in this choice. age of technology like there's so much information out there and so much information where they didn't have available exactly and it's literally at your fingertips all day every day and it becomes a point when you can't blame the system anymore mm-hmm. when you have to look you have to look inward just think they're not going to help us solve our problems. We have to help ourselves. Yeah. And that, that, and that transcends over multiple generations. Issues. Yeah. And topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think, and also about talking about the generational aspect, think about if, if you like, think about a generational curse. Mm-hmm. If you change something, then it's changed forever in your lineage. Mm-hmm. So if you're the one to, cause I mean, I came with this idea to my mom. So I was the one that introduced it to her and told her all of this stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like, girl, I am not doing that. I said, well, wow. that's fine. I'm going to do it. I so, really thought it was the other way around. Girl, no, my mama did not want to let go of seafood. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like, no, I can never do that. She, she was, I think, so I forgot to mention also, but six months before I actually went vegan, I was vegetarian because I had a real bad experience at a steakhouse. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Another story. <laughs> but yeah, I was int- introducing it to her and she was like, no, ma'am, we're not doing this. And then, you know, eventually after she began to open her eyes a bit more and was more susceptible to learning new things, um, she she started to agree with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, once you once you put that effort forward, it doesn't have to start with your parents or your grandparents, it could mm-hmm. start with you. Yeah. Or it could start with, um, you know, people like to say we're young, live life, have fun. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then later in life, you could develop better healthy habits right. when you right. start a family or whatever. Yeah, and the key thing that I took away from what you just said is being open. Yeah, you it's, know? it's all about openness. Yep. And allowing yourself to embrace that change mm-hmm. and yeah. being accepting of the difference. Mm-hmm. But I do want to talk about the mass production of food we have today, the accessibility of food, and ironically, we still have food deserts mm-hmm. and food swamps in urban and low-poverty areas. And we, what I mean by that is basically we have a lot of fast food restaurants in areas yeah. in the black community, and then we have a lot of gas stations, convenience mm-hmm. stores that hold junk. In black communities on every corner, it seems like. Right. So it seems like this is just another way for my to keep minorities. Yeah, it's another form of oppression. Yeah. It really is. From staying healthy because bad food is cheap and healthy food is expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's disturbing. I remember when I understood mm-hmm. food deserts and food swamps. Right. And now that's all I, I see. Yeah, your you know, eyes are I, open to it. Yes, so, yeah, once, yes. once your eyes are open to something, you can't close them back. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's right. get on let's that. Talk, let's get into <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. So for starters, food deserts are just 
way too common and prevalent for us not to have known them known about them until now so think about jackson how many there's one walmart in the city of jackson there's one kroger in the city of jackson any other grocery store in jackson is either some i won't call it off brand but not um not big brand where they probably don't have fresh fresh fruits Mm -hmm. or fresh fresh vegetables and they only have the other alternative foods and you so you have to drive out of your area exactly which might be like 15 20 Mm -hmm. minutes past the Mm -hmm. mcdonald's or popeyes just Mm -hmm. to go to grocery store and what do you pick at a grocery store probably more or less the same from the from the um, fast food place Mm -hmm. but if if you look at any community with a lot of black people or with a lot of people in general who already have a predisposition to all of these other diseases, heart disease, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, obesity, you will see more uh, fast food restaurants than anything on yes. every corner. Yes. Every corner stacked out. And you have to think, like, why would these companies continue? Yeah, continue to expose us to this. And, you know, I understand the convenience of fast food i was a college student mm-hmm. i definitely lived on fast food. <laughs> okay with the taco I, yes oh. I, I understand the convenience yeah. but there becomes a limit and a line that should be drawn when mm-hmm. it comes to consuming these foods because i know people or i know time where even i would literally eat fast food for every meal and we don't understand you know how detrimental that is to our health mm-hmm. so if you really look at it on a micro scale all that you are and all that your body is maintaining is what you eat. Mm. Think your uh, your digestive system is an absorbent. So whatever you put in it is going to absorb. So if you put all of these toxic heavy chemicals and hormones and things that they put in these fast foods or these cheaper foods, then think about your body's actually absorbing that. And that's how you get inflammation and all of these mm-hmm. other onset diseases. And one just transcends to the next at that point. Yeah. So one one of the things that I've noticed about myself is since the pandemic happened, I've been way more aware Mm. of what food does to my body. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy because it's like, (laughs) why why does a pandemic have to hit for me to realize what I've been eating Mm -hmm. hasn't been all healthy? Yeah. And then, too, another thing is, you know, when I was in college, it was so easy to go to the <laughs> cafe and get some fries, burgers. I mean, yeah. you, they would have healthy meals, but it just wouldn't taste good. Yeah. It, th- it just wouldn't taste good. And so I would stick to what mm-hmm. I, I knew, basically, and what I was comfortable yeah, with. Same, yeah. Did same and thing. so now that I don't want to blame it on the pandemic, but I want to blame it on my lack of awareness, mm, I'll say. Yeah. You know, I'll just say that. Um, and I'm and the pandemic allowed me to slow down, to slow down and just, you know, think things through. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, most definitely about my health, Mm -hmm. because I have the time. Right. You know, and I'm I'm not in college anymore, which I realized that was taking a lot (laughs) of my time. (laughs) So, you know, I've been able to cook more and I've been um, able to do more as far as grocery shopping and things of that nature and just, you know, going to local markets too. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that I want to express 
the the yeah. importance of shopping local. Yeah, shop at your um, what's it called? Your farmers, yeah, your the farmers, farmers market. Yeah, shop there, y'all. Um, those are really crucial to mm-hmm. uh, the community yeah. because they are community based. But most importantly, the profit goes directly to them. Yeah, and it's something about seeing your farmer mm-hmm. send you the food yeah. that just feels good. Yeah, it feels good. And then I was watching this um, this series mm-hmm. on cnn um can't remember his first name but last name bill about. uh-huh yeah um and i love him <laughs> i, I love him first i love name him wrong. So- <laughs> i know <laughs> who you're talking about <laughs> right though. we're gonna say mr bill mm-hmm. um and and he had an episode where he highlighted um black farmers Ooh. and um but the thing about it is they were being served at a disproportionate rate mm. than their counterparts I'm sure, <laughs> you know, and so that made me want to shop local even more. But most importantly, mm-hmm. I'm about to find these black farmers. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> and nice, I'm about to go to them. Yeah, there's a good black farm in Jackson. I forgot the name of the farm, but they sell at the farmer's market on mm-hmm. High Street. Mm-hmm. But affordability is also something big with veganism. A lot of people assume that it's expensive. But when you really look at it, if you go in the grocery store right now, and you actually looked in the fruits and vegetables section, you'd understand that fruits and vegetables are literally the cheapest of the cheapest foods in the grocery store. The only time when veganism becomes a hassle or it becomes expensive is when you start to add the alternatives, mm-hmm. which, you know, I kind of I kind of delve in a little bit. And I like to take that little um, sacrifice on money, mm-hmm. but it's, it's worth it to me. It's, it's basically the same price as meat. But if you were to stick to a solely whole food, plant based diet, it will be very cheap yeah and, yeah and think like i said there's not a lot of options for eating out so i really don't really eat out like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's another thing that i've noticed when it comes to you know shopping uh for produce it's cheap mm-hmm. you know you can buy a salad from nukes. McAllister's. Yeah. okay nukes <laughs> same page same dollars 10 11 12 dollars yes but you can go Lettuce. To the grocery store. This is like a dollar. <laughs> exactly. And you can create your own mm, salad. And guess yeah. how long that's going to last? It's going to last for two weeks. Yes. You know, it. You if you get those ingredients and then, you know, you put them in the fridge and you have. You have food. Yeah. You have food. It's, it's all about the choices that you make. I heard this saying recently that your reality is a combination of every choice you've ever made. And mm. that just transcended to me. So, like, I also look at this as. You know, not saying anybody has to be perfect. I'm not saying anybody has to be vegan or go vegan, but it's all about the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. So if I'm driving down the road and I got the opportunity to eat something to be healthier or eat like Popeyes, mm-hmm. just make sure that you try to make better decisions. Or you can, like I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't force this on people, but I do tell them, you know, add a little bit more fruits or a little bit more vegetables in your diet. That's not a potato. Mm -hmm. That's not like a strawberry. Just add a different variety of foods Mm -hmm. because if you really think about it, there's only like, what, four different kinds of meat, beef, chicken, pork, seafood. Okay, maybe like more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look at the array of vegetables, like I've eaten so many new foods and so many new things that I probably would have never tried and I actually know quite a few people now who say that they want to delve into mm-hmm. vegetarian or veganism or like less meat, but they don't eat any vegetables. Mm. How are y'all alive? Ah, I'm I, glad you said that. Something needs to be said for people <laughs> who, do, 
who do not eat vegetables and fruits. Like that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I I really don't take that lightly because that that's a whole nother conversation about um, malnutrition. So they actually recently did a study, and eighty eight percent of Americans are malnourished. Mm. And by definition, I'm mal- in that percentage. Yeah, mal- malnourishment means you basically don't have enough of the right vitamins, minerals, other essential compounds to operate your body properly. Mm-hmm. You're you're just feeding yourself. You're not really nourishing yourself. Exactly. I know a lot of people like to associate malnutrition with starving kids or kids who haven't eaten in days. No. You can eat ice cream every day and be full. You can eat chips all day, be full, but yep. you're malnourished. Mm-hmm. But malnutrition just associated with it like um, your body lacking something or it's okay. kind of, it might, you might have a little bit of inflammation. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all forms of inflammation you can notice or see, but you're basically putting your body in kind of a starvation mode. Mm-hmm. And speaking of starvation mode, um, y'all, I do not recommend the, what is it? Keto diet? The keto diet. If y'all hear about keto, make sure you do all of your research before you try to incorporate the keto diet. It's, it's a lot of the forms of it that people do are and why very is unhealthy. That? Okay, so another um, misinformed rhetoric that people say is that carbs are bad for you. When literally your body runs off carbs, it runs off glucose, sugars, basic sugars, what your body mm-hmm. is fueled with. So the whole idea behind keto diet is that you eat meat and dairy basically and you give your body little to no fiber and you don't eat any carbs so essentially what you're doing is putting your body in a state of ketosis which is where they get the word keto and a state of ketosis is also your body's mechanism for starvation mode so if you go i think i'm I'm really not that informed like i used to be but if you go like over eight to ten hours without eating your body kicks into starvation mode and that's when it starts to break down the fat reserves that you have, which mm-hmm. is why people say they lose weight really fast on that diet. When it breaks down all of those ketones and um, from the fats, you kind of like, I don't know, your body is confused. It doesn't know when it's going to get carbs again. So it's eating off the fat reserves and it's you're not really giving it any fiber. So you're not really able to expel any waste. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's not a long-term thing you should do. I mean, you're going to gain the weight right back when you get back on keto I mean, when you get back off of keto because your body's like, okay, here's some carbs, we can relax. So yeah. it's going to store all of the sugar that, and the carbs that you eat after that. So why has this been pushed? Why has this agenda been pushed if it's unhealthy? Yeah. I have to I have to think about this a lot with a lot of different things, but to not fear monger people, it's more profitable for the system to feed you things that's going to benefit them in an economic standpoint than a health standpoint. Like since when has the system really ever cared about our people or people in general? Mm-hmm. Since when do they, you know, we don't even have, we're the only uh, first world country with no universal health care. When have they really cared about the quality of life that we live? If I can make $50 off of you feeding you crap, hmm. rather than me making $2 off, the, off of feeding you something good, I'm going to feed you the crap. And, you know, that's that's a loose analogy, but, yeah, just understanding that. I mean, I've seen videos of these big um, producers or people who make these food products, and you ask them, would you recommend, like, would you recommend your product to your child? And they were like, no. <laughs> so that, that shows you something right there. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about 
you know, them not even wanting to consume the things that they make us consume. Yeah. How important is it for us to embrace a healthy eating style? I feel like all you really have is your health. Mm. Like you as a soul person, you have, you know, your things and whatnot, but all of that really really doesn't matter if you're not healthy, if you're not happy, if you're not content. It's also important that we embrace health so that we cannot be so reliant on the pharmaceutical companies and exhaust all of these other resources that could be going to something else better for our society. And I mean, who wants to live their latter suffering? Who mm-hmm. wants to? I, I hate hearing my mom tell stories about her classmates from high school or people mm-hmm. that she knows who passed from cancer heart attacks and all of these other things like people are just dying too young of these kind of things now so it's important that we grab a hold of our health and we all do better for ourselves and for each other mm-hmm. and for our the next generation to come like I feel like it's it's human nature for us to evolve and teach the next generation better than what we were taught or what we learned that's how we grow that's how we grow as a society and as a people yeah Yeah. And like you said earlier, um, you know, 13.8% of blacks have fair or poor health. And Mm then 80% of black women are overweight, which I, I did not know that when I saw that statistic and then diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure are most commonly found, of course, in Mm. black people. So to to know (laughs) those statistics Mm -hmm. and to not move on it is kind of it's kind of insane. But to address the the scale that the American Medical Association uses to determine obesity, I've heard, you know, a lot of people um, give their opinion that it's flawed because it doesn't fit all body types. And I kind of agree with that. But I know that we all know that we know, mm-hmm. we all know people who are obese and it's not anything to be ashamed about. It's literally mm-hmm. just a health condition. Mm-hmm. But what they don't tell you about obesity is that it introduces you to a whole nother world of disease and it's not to say that if if you're not obese and you can't develop a mm-hmm. disease but being obese is basically um in their eyes like a snowball effect like mm-hmm. you're gonna develop something else later in life mm-hmm. and i hate to see it that way but that's that's basically what it is yeah do you think we are making progress in some way within our communities and our families um especially where everything is a lot more accessible than it it used yeah. to be. Do you think we're making progress in the area when it comes to healthy eating? We're making progress as a whole globally. I don't think we're making progress here per se. I mean, I feel like in this new age of technology, people are starting to become more aware of things that we might have never been exposed to before. And, you know, it's also endearing for some people to see celebrities or people around them kind of mention um, healthier eating or demonstrating how they do it. So these new forms of media have like been a new outlet to show how to do things and not mm-hmm. just bark at bark at you what to do, but actually show you how to do it and, you know, help you go through it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, YouTube has definitely been helping me out and um, yeah. I've been cooking a lot more lately mm-hmm. and I've been like looking at articles and stuff um, on the internet and my mom, she's just like, you need to be asking me because the stuff on the internet, <laughs> I don't know. Your, yeah. your food going to come out nasty. <laughs> I don't know why people, <laughs> why people do that. Yeah, It's all about, try, I just, 
it doesn't hurt to try something. You could literally just do one meal or mm-hmm. you can do add one, add something new to your plate. Like it is not a, a harsh line. It took me a year of informing myself before yeah. I actually had the courage to do it because what you don't want to do is get on a diet like this that's not native to you or that mm-hmm. you really don't know much about it all. And you, you could really harm yourself like that because you have to replace food groups. Like if you, you can't just cut yeah. out meat and be like, oh, I'm vegetarian now. Yeah. What are you eating? What are what have you replaced? What's your substance? Yeah, What's yeah. Your- I replace um, meat with mushrooms, beans, legumes, things like that. So you just have to make sure that you're eating the rainbow, basically. You can't not eat certain food groups. And yeah. I mean, that's that's with any diet. I, I suggest, you know, a lot of times, I know it's not just me that I did. I would just literally probably eat meat the whole day, meat and cheese. And that's not really a variety of food. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that no matter what you do, you're eating. Um, actually, go on Google, y'all, and look at food color meanings. Like, each food color has a certain function in your body. Mm-hmm. And so... You can take that information and be like, oh, today let's let's do orange food. Let's do green and yellow. So, like, it's just, just make it a little bit more interactive and show you that the things that yeah. you eat, you know, can really help determine your health. Yeah, yeah. So what has been the most challenging part of your journey? The most challenging part of my journey was when I first started. I was still a college student, and... Mm. At my campus, I went to Tougaloo College. We didn't have access to kitchens. Mm-hmm. so And then also the cafeteria was like really small because it's a small school. So they really didn't have much at all or anything for me to eat other than fries and a salad. And I was not doing that every day. <laughs> so <laughs> the most challenging part was at that time where I had to, you know, thankfully I live 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from the school. So maybe like once or twice a week, I would go and get a, a meal and <laughs> some to-go meals. Or my mom would come to school and bring me food. I was very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I would just have to make it work in between Taco Bell. Look, not good. <laughs> not the best, I love but Taco I knew, Bell. yeah, yeah, or like Moe's or some hibachi. And it was a difficult time, but I knew my why and I knew that that's something that I wanted to do. And it was also helping motivate my mother to stick to it because, you know, you know how, um, people of that generation can be in their mindset. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just wanted to make that sacrifice. And um, I guess another, what was it, a hard thing? Mm-hmm. Something else hard that I deal with that I mentioned earlier is the social aspect. So mm-hmm. going out, I feel like everybody else thinks about what I should eat before <laughs> me. Like literally every time we plan something, they're like, let's go here, let's go there. Oh, Kelsey can't eat there. I'm like, guys, it's fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I eat before I eat after. I'm I, guilty. <laughs> I promise I'm okay. Like, yeah, but that's other than that, and of course, you know, changing your mentality and breaking down why you consume the certain foods that you mm-hmm. consume and what is it, what's in it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'm a scientist, so I'm naturally inclined to question everything. I want to know the answer, why this, why mm-hmm. that, why not this, why that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what has been the most rewarding thing? <laughs> Um, the most rewarding thing to me is to see it inspire others mm. because I don't even think about what I eat anymore. It's just it's just come second nature. So 
past me, you know, knowing that I'm doing the best for me and the best for the environment and being compassionate in that respect in my own bubble, it feels good knowing that um, others don't view me in a, a weird or negative light mm-hmm. or, you know, people feel like obligated to eat healthy around me. It just, it <laughs> <laughs> we go somewhere and like, oh, I'm going to get a salad today, I guess, you know, it, it, it right, feels so good. Is with us. I'll go it ahead and get a salad. Good. I don't want to temper <laughs> And I'm trying to do better with my yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to be a positive influence and a positive light. Like, I don't want to be someone who's very condescending about mm-hmm. it or finger pointing because that's not how you win people mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. That's not how you educate. Mm-hmm. That's toxic, actually. So, yeah, just, just being that light or that change. I always have told myself that I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. I want it to be... Mm-hmm a world changer, not saying that this is changing anybody else's world but mine, but like that's just keeping that in the back of my mind at all times is kind of transcended past what I eat. Yeah. And transcending through your children mm-hmm. as well. Your future yeah. children. Yeah. Even my little brothers, I have a 10, is he 10? Yes. I have a 10 year old <laughs> little brother and a three year old little brother and they both are also vegan. So whatever my <laughs> oh wow I didn't yeah. know that yeah they've been vegan since we started my my little brother that's ten he loves it he doesn't question he eats whatever we put on that plate wow. and when he goes out he actually tells his friends hey I'm vegan I can't eat this I can't eat that so what do they say what's their response I don't, you know I don't think kids really have the all of the societal influence mm-hmm. about meat and dairy you know, I don't think they really know mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, he, he just likes to tell him about it. And, and when he was younger, when we first started, yeah, my sister this, my Aww. sister is vegan, my sister. <laughs> so it, it, it's very sweet to see, you know, him grow up and teaching him compassion and teaching him why we eat the way that we do and what to eat, what not to eat. He'll tell you in a heart, he'll ask you in a heartbeat, is this vegan? Mm-hmm. And then Micah, who's my three-year-old little brother, um, I guess we went vegan around the time he was eating, like he first started um eating adult food because he mm-hmm. was I think he was one at the time mm-hmm. he just turned one so he never really was introduced to anything else he loves it here mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he loves it here so um what's some advice for people who are wanting to change their lifestyle mm-hmm. change their eating habits whether it's going vegan whether it's just eating more greens mm-hmm. uh whether it is you know taking away meats Mm. or whether it's incorporating more fruits whatever people choose to do that will create a healthier lifestyle what's your advice because it can be hard it it can be mentally challenging mm -hmm. my advice would be to research 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 and i don't mean you pull up an article a biased article (laughs) but please don't do that please take a little bit more um a little bit more care when doing your research because just like there's good research, there's bad mm-hmm. research. There's mm-hmm. people who, you know, are out there to miscredit a lot of um, health statistics or whatnot. But I would say the the most beneficial would be documentary films. And I'm sure if you, if you look up films on YouTube, a whole list of them will come up. But also watch YouTube videos. I think it's something about visual learning and auto learning, audio learning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's different than just reading something on paper. So, and I will also encourage people to experiment. Like, 
just try a smoothie. Try a new smoothie. Throw whatever recipe you see on Pinterest. Also, Pinterest is great. Oh, I yeah, love Pinterest. I love Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest is great. So just experiment. Like, it, it really doesn't take much if you're actually trying to do better. I know in some places it's popular, like probably California, somewhere bigger than this, mm-hmm. Meatless Monday or another type of word Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, just something different where you 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 try to open up your mind and open up your palate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that this is something, oh my God, I have to do forever. It's just it's just a new mindset and um making you more aware and mindful of your food choices. But research, um, I would say research what about our current American standard diet that's not beneficial for us and research what how beneficial a plant-based diet is because there's actually published research out now that um that shows the benefits and oh it's so amazing yeah <laughs> and so i just want everybody to at least try no, you know yeah open your mind inform yeah yeah you can't blame like i said earlier you can't keep blaming the system if you didn't even take the time out to inform yourself with a verse in the bible my people will be destroyed for lack of knowledge so if I never try to inform myself, then who am I to blame you for my problems? Wow, well said. Everything well said. <laughs> I really Thank appreciate you. your time. Look, I appreciate your, your, your information and just being a source of information in, in this episode. And, and like you said, please do your research, but most importantly, know your why. Know your why. Know your why. Have a why. Yeah. And if it's if it's as selfish as I want to look better or I want to slim down for a wedding or slim down for I don't know what you have going on in your life, but in anything that you do, whatever purpose or motivation, like that that has to be the driving force as you do anything. So develop a why. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great. Well, I thank you so much for like I said, your time and just being here and allowing me to ask you questions <laughs> look i've jotted a lot of things down mentally mm-hmm. and um and i hope it, everyone who's listening you all were able to take something from this yeah. um episode and i just want to say happy black history month <laughs> oh yeah happy black history month <laughs> yeah all right well i'll see y'all in the next episode of take a seat in the meantime be blessed y'all